This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org/bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Listen. Welcome to the Shoot the Shiitake Show with me, Father Leo Padalinghug, a Catholic priest on a mission to bring people of all different backgrounds together to learn, to love, and accept one another. Even if we disagree with each other, we've got to be willing to listen to each other as God does with us and as God intends for us to do. And this show isn't about the deep and technical things of faith, theology, and the Catholic Church, but really to take those things and make it practical and realistic in our life simply by listening to each other. And this week, I've got the pleasure of jumping into a deep dish discussion with Chris Padgett. He is an international speaker, musician, author, comedian, and host of the Happy Place Homestead Show. He's going to share his message about the messiness of faith, what it means to be joyful, and how God loves us even if we are messy and not joyful. And if you want to support our show and our efforts to bring conversions one conversation at a time, visit the website platinggrace.com, click on the Academy, and there, when you become a member and support us by joining one of the tiered memberships, you'll become part of our online community, gain access to premium content, and other special perks. But for now, please join my guest, Chris Padgett, as I dive into a deep dish discussion and we shoot the shiitake. And welcome back to Shoot the Shiitake for a Deep Dish Discussion. I've got Chris Padgett, the Happy Place Homestead Show. And you are the founder of the show. You are the star of the show. You are the producer of the show. You are you are the butt crack of this show. <laughs> right? Because let's, your let's... first episode was all about trying to keep a goat inside your home <laughs> and like most of the time you could see your butt crack yeah we're trying to keep that inside the home too so that's really <laughs> it's look here's the truth my i don't talk about this a lot but it's a little known fact that chris Paget's butt crack goes up to his shoulder blades i've been <laughs> i've been trying to deal with this my whole life i got junk in the trunk but oh what we got figured out though was somebody made a suggestion suspenders and if you'll notice yes you have suspenders I'm on wearing right now suspenders they're working they're working they're kind keeping of. the crack from getting exposed yeah, look at it's safe environment so kids don't do crack it's just bad for you <laughs> but getting serious we are here at the ncyc yeah. 2019 this is the National Catholic Youth Conference, and you're a part of this. How many years have you been Forever. doing this? Forever. I was Forever. just thinking about it. We did, in around 1995, 96, 
our band stood in the hallway in Orlando, Florida for the NFC YWM. It would have been for the National Federation. Oh, my Federation. God, what is all these acronyms? What the is National NFC Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry. So okay. all the youth leaders So you're gather. a youth minister. You're a youth leader. Diocesan leaders, they would all show up to this event. Uh-huh. And what happened was we, uh, the band I was in, you may have heard of it, Boys to Men. <laughs> uh, the band I was in, Scarecrow and Tim, and we played in the hallway and we met people that we still are in relationships with today. Okay. So long story short, I started doing this around 1995, 96 in terms of the Catholic world. But I wasn't Catholic then. So you weren't even Catholic and you were trying to get on the Catholic thing. And now you are one of the more <laughs> prominent, because we've been here around a long time, yeah. Catholic speakers. Well, I, I am, mean, is that how you call yourself, a Catholic yeah, speaker? You know what's funny is that I actually just like to call myself a, a lay evangelist or a, a just a comedian or a storyteller. But, you know, if I'm talking to someone who's not Catholic Christian, I usually will like say motivational speaker. Okay, when you're sitting on a plane, yeah. he goes, hey, what do you do buddy? What do you do for a living, bud? And you say? Usually motivational speaker, comedian, author. Motivational speaker, that comedian, kind of thing. author. And then they'll be like, oh, really? Where can I watch your show? Yeah, where yeah, can yeah. I watch you? Well, and the positive is that where do they you can get, watch. Do you get that when you say Catholic, people kind of glaze over and shut down? It's funny because people usually have a decided opinion about what they think about Catholicism. And sometimes you just don't want to have this huge involved, what ends up being a, basically an unpacking of all of their misunderstandings and stereotypes. Now, if I have time... I'm cool with that, but I, I'm not sure I want to open the can of worms that basically says, hey, tell me all the things you have uh, frustrations with the Catholic Church. Here, here's a real story. I'm on a plane, yeah. and I'm spending the whole flight, and I normally don't, I don't talk to people on a flight for many reasons, but I'm usually regrouping, getting ready for the next event. I'm mm -hmm. just in down mode. And I'm sitting next to this guy, and he's a Protestant evangelist, pretty famous, and he travels all the, over the world. Have and you seen him on TV? Specifically, probably. I never watched him on TV, okay. but he specifically goes to Catholic countries to convert Catholics to become Protestant. What a okay. jerk. Exactly. In a Christian way. Of course. <laughs> Jerky, like as in jer the jerky jer of chicken. A, yeah. There you go. So I'm sitting there, and the entire flight I'm sharing, and he knows I'm Catholic, and we're talking. At the end of the flight, he said to me this. He goes, I've never met a Catholic like you before. Huh. It was an awesome moment because the truth is is that I can speak Protestant. I used to be Protestant. I know how to do that. But usually people are not hungry and interested to learn. They're Thanks usually the opening reference. the door yep. to basically vent and tell all the reasons they're frustrated. So let me ask you this. Why, first, without going through this incredibly long, boring story. Yep. I'm kidding. Why did you become Catholic from Protestantism? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Authority. In the end, it was authority because authority. there's a consistency. Wait, in you mean like authority, like yeah. authority? Authority. <laughs> I mean authority like there's a consistency in faith and morals, and yeah. there's someone who's going to make a decided decision with the protection, right, the infallibility of the Holy Spirit to ensure sure. that deposit faith. Long story short, yep. we didn't have that in the Protestant arena. If you didn't like what you were listening to, you could go to any church you wanted to to get fed. That okay. was the phrase. I'm going to go to a different church because I'm not being fed yeah, in this kind church. It's kind of like it's not about Jesus' teachings. It's about what I want right. out of church. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's so, very subjective. So how long have you been a Catholic now? Over 20 years. And Easter of 1999. For 20 years. How many years have you been doing, like, lay evangelization? Like Twenty, speaking. About 25 years I've been doing ministry full-time, even before... Even before you were Catholic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did the band in the Christian arena. We were full-time. And you are now kind of traveling the world, literally, 
And what has been some of the most exciting places that you've done? And let's be honest, what are some of the most boring places that sure. you've ever done? Uh, one of the most exciting places was Malaysia. Part of the reason that was exciting is that it's predominantly... You like, you like and, the food? Uh, the food wasn't what, what got my attention. <laughs> I remember I would be outside and they would have a call to prayer and so it's an Islamic That's right. state and so you'll listen over the speakers of hotels loudly this singing prayer. It's so unique in the grand scheme of our freedom and Christian freedom. Mm. So that was very unique. The most beautiful place is probably New Zealand. Oh, yeah, uh, I've been there nice. a number of times. And uh, and of course, you and I had the chance to be together in the Philippines and That's I've been right. there a couple of times. And I love the Philippines because of the people. They are honestly some of the most like, generous. You were really tall. Well, finally, Incredibly I look. Tall. I look. I look like. I think I'm. I am. In other words, I look. I mean, you're, strikingly you're, strong and you look rugged huge. and yeah, you big. Yeah, like you know, exactly are you a football so player? Now, but where were some of the more challenging places and why? Uh, this is a true story. Once we drove up to some place in like the Carolinas, okay. And I'm doing the band, and we get to this venue, and literally there's chicken wire on the wall, oh. and it's like a little club that they wanted our band to play in. Oh. And uh, I remember thinking, we're gonna die. This you're is, gonna die. This is not gonna That's be a what good you're place. Thinking. Yeah. yeah. I, I I find that there's a lot of good things about wherever I go. I just need the people there to be people that are. <laughs> I mean, that, are, what that are normal and uh, let's talk about this because let's be honest with you Catholic evangelization yep is, is it's a wonderful much needed thing yes what would be some of the critiques that you have about it and what would be some of the the blessings like obviously the blessing is we're getting people he, to know here's Jesus. my biggest critique yes when I want to hear about this. this is a very big deal for me is that when people show up to a conference let's say they're going to a youth conference the adults are irritated because it's not as I don't know, let's say conservative and clean and perfect as they would like it to be presented. But here's the truth is that most young people today are far more messy than adults want to believe. And For so sure. if we want to reach people... Oh, so you're basically saying that when people think they're coming to a youth conference and you're going to be speaking, you're going to almost develop an English accent and not make any crude jokes about farting, which you do a lot. Well, look, if it's junior high, we're going to talk about some farting. of that because it's yeah. just real life. And, and people get upset about that with people you. People get upset about uh, pictures of Jesus that I put up on the wall that are so stupid and ridiculous. So you put up, like, ugly pictures of yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and I'm like, how are you not? Like, if this is your idea of Christianity, no wonder you don't you want to like be a part of it. like Jesus things that make him look either really effeminate <laughs> or really yeah, or ridiculous. ridiculous. Or wearing like a this, cheese head, yeah. you know, on the top of it. I mean... I do that stuff so a in lot other words, because you just want to make people see the normalcy of being a Catholic. Right. If, if the, the reality of our faith has to hit the reality of our life. Like the rubber has to meet the road. Yep. So when it's said and done, it, it, I, I don't need a pretend Jesus. I need a real Jesus to be in my real messy life. And that's what I find resonates with young people. I think they're tired of the games and the shenanigans. And part of the reason they're, they're kind of just, there's a disinterest and a walking away is it's not authentic. Okay. So... Your messiness. This has come yeah. out a few times in previous conversations. Sure. Like right now, you look pretty messy. You've got like stains on your your blazer. I do actually. <laughs> I, I've noticed that today. You I don't know where it came from. Kind of shaved. No. <laughs> I just wiped my face with a washcloth. <laughs> and and meaning and like, can I ask you right now? How old are you? I'm I'm old. I could be your father. You could not be my father. I bet I bet I'd you be close. You could not be my father. How old are you? I'm gonna be fifty. I'm forty nine. There you go. See, I could be your father. <laughs> 
I am so glad I just silenced someone who thought they were older than me, and I'm older than them. You're not right? older than me. I'm, I bet I'm older. I'm 49. I'm 49. I'm 49 and, and 9 eighths. Listen, I'm going to be 49 in a couple months. You're not even 49? I'm 40. I'm going to be 50 in a couple months. Yeah, I'm going to be 50 in, a, in like a couple months. <laughs> I think we're when, the same age. <laughs> when's your birthday? May. May 16th. Dude, I'm older than you. I'm January 27th. Oh, gosh. Okay. So you're going to be, you're going to be, shut up, Andy. You're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're at NCYC talking to Chris about the messiness of life. Yes. And, and that challenges a lot of Catholics because they love everything crystal clean. Like right. liturgy's got to be perfect. You know, like people have to, all the altar service. And in this day and age, there's a modern resurgence to like the clean right. liturgy of like mystery called the traditional Latin mass. Right. So let's talk about that. And I'll, I'll be a little bit more serious here. Yes, the the thing do. is, there's this idea that uh, an extreme traditionalism is going to somehow remedy and fix the church. Yep. But the problem is it's the pendulum swift that is going so far mm. to the to the right that what happens is, is that it almost invites a lack of charity with people who do not look at things the exact same way. Look, I have mm. no problem if someone yeah. wants to go to a traditional mass. I've been to them before. I don't have any problem. It is reverent. It is beautiful. There is a consistency, but I want to fully, actively, consciously participate in mass according to Sacrosanctum Concilium. And I don't so know what you just Latin. mentioned was the Sacrosanctum Concilium, which was the constitutions on the sacred liturgy from the Vatican councils right. in the 1960s. Right, and that document basically asks that we are not coming to just witness and, part and, and sit back and see mm. it as a show. We're actively meant to participate in it. Which, if you are going to the Latin Mass, right, you should be fully consciously, actively participating. But I don't know Latin. Yeah. So I, I love hearing the words. I love entering in. I love articulating yeah. that. So when it's said and done, go to the Latin Mass if you want. But you cannot look down your nose at someone who's not. I appreciate Mass in the vernacular. I know, I know that it's got its own little troubles and issues. But when it's said and done... We have to be charitable people, otherwise we lose. Sure. Okay, so the messiness, I want to just focus on yep. that again. Okay. Because we, we like it nice and clean. Yes. We do, but it's not. It's a messy, messy world, which kind of leads into the kind of ministry that you do. Right. I mean, I've known you for how many years, It's been Chris? a long time. We've been, we've been on the same circuit. We've run into each other across yes. the globe, and life is messy. I've gotten my brand with the whole food and faith thing. Your brand has kind of been about dealing with the messiness of life. Right. I think I just got to a point where I'm just tired of pretending. And I think people are tired of pretending. So is Jesus big enough to meet me in my brokenness? Is he big enough to love me even though I don't love myself? Is he there when I can't see a way out? And that's uh. the message for me that is so hopeful because I am the kind of guy that, you know, proverbially can get into a rut and can consistently hold on to thoughts that are not ideal or look down on myself when I should look up. We've had some of the greatest conversations. You and probably, I. Probably, yes, because yeah. what do we decide? I think early on we decided, let's have a real friendship. We're going to have an so, honest conversation. And so we went deep and we talked about things that were awesome and real and there was such a beauty to that. I, that's the, what I'm looking because for with God. Because our church can sometimes be so churchy, like our church language, you're spitting on me now. It's okay. I am, literally. It's, it's you a literally second baptism. spitting on me. <laughs> I think I need some. <laughs> be baptized in this by St. Purell. But, okay, so, 
So when we've talked about stuff, yeah. we even use like very raw language. Right, absolutely. We, we talk about the things that matter most. Yes. And is that kind of what you're doing? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to feed you a softball question. No, you're not. But like, who are you trying to reach in your message? You know, it's you funny. do have a... Like oh yeah, audience. I think this is what's happened is that whenever I go somewhere, I look out in the audience and I wonder what could a, a person said to me that would have changed my life. Is that okay? That's a great thing. That's in my brain. So when I'm looking at the audience, there's going to be some people there that'll love all of the perfect language, and I'll I will give them that because there's a there's a beauty to language within our Catholic Church, a specificity that is amazing, and it is worth valuing and cherishing. But but it would not have reached me. You know, growing up in a home where my mom was poor and my parents got divorced mm. and I was struggling with sin and mm. I didn't see how God could love me because my life was not ideal and perfect. But what was amazing to me is that I was reached, like God did reach in and he reached in and he loved me through all sorts of people, some mm. perfect in their articulation, but some so messy and I don't know, disconnected from the idealized version. And I, I yeah. want something like so, that, I mean, real. In other, words, in other words, Jesus, when he walked his day, there was a type of pharisaical approach to religion. Right. Everything had to be perfect, and you couldn't make any mistakes. Right. Or you would get beat up for it, frankly, yes. by the religious right, so to speak. Yep. But people would actually say that Jesus was very liberal as well. You know, and now, of course, we politicized everything, so now religion right. is political. But I don't think that's what you're doing. You're not saying that Jesus doesn't want us to be perfect. Look, he said to the woman caught in the act of adultery, yep. go totally. and sin no more. But what's the motivation for her change? She has seen in her entire mess, her brokenness, she is completely at the... Um, she's defenseless. I mean, the, the people around her are going to stone her to death. Yep. And Jesus looks at her and sees her at her worst and loves her still. And that is the motivation. She leaves forever change. And that's your motivation? That is my motivation. So let's break it down. You get up there and you're ready to speak to like hundreds or even thousands of people. Yeah. Because we've had that opportunity. Yes. You know, like I was at an event and I had like 25. I'm like, what the? I know. But you still got to, you got to put it out. Like you're talking to, you know, we've, we've spoken to 30,000 people. Yes. Right? So what do you, what's going on in your mind when you're speaking like that on an international level? What, what's going on in your mind? How do well, you get to these people? It's do you all tell a, the same stories? It's a, difference, it's a little difference in a nuance according to the audience. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a spiritual gift that the, the Lord has given me where I can look at an audience and I can know what stories to tell and how to tell it. Has anyone been emphasize. offended by some of your stories? Absolutely. <laughs> all the time. You're keep spitting on I me. I did. I saw it fly through the air on I'm you. I'm going to have to like break out my my black belt skills to defend myself from all the spittles. It's I'm like, kidding with you. We'll it's get like you I need a water. towel. Get a towel. I love it. So, but yeah. you're looking at them, and what what is the question that you're asking? Well, so, I like, I'm going to be doing a comedy thing here Saturday night yep. for 25,000 teens. Okay. Okay, I have a second or two to, by figure the grace of God, figure out what I'm going to do. Yep. And it will be clear according to the first couple jokes I tell. Yep. Like, I'll know whether or not they have this sense of humor or that sense of humor. And then I'll go. Now, it's quite possible in my brain a million stories converge and I have to pick out the couple that I'm going to use. And it part of the first couple minutes will be weaving that and then I'll find this cadence and I'm in. Now, normally in a setting where I'm doing ministry overtly, I use all of the comedy to get to the culmination which is a relationship with Jesus. So let's talk about Catholic and comedy too, because to be honest, yeah, with it's you, hard. It's really hard. I mean, like, 
Christians are really corny sometimes. You it's know? Ex it's exhausting. Again, you know what? It's exhausting to pretend. Yeah. This is what I'm just, I'm almost to the point of, I have to be willing to let there be a trail of people that unfollow me, are, are, are going to talk behind my back, mm -hmm. and just move forward with what I'm convicted that God is saying to me. And what my desire is, is to reach people that don't, articulate things properly that don't know the language. Look, I, the image in my mind is you in the kitchen. Let's pretend I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen, we're cooking something. There's going to be a mess. Little bits of, of uh, herbs and spices are going to go to the wayside. It's, I'm sure. not trying to have a clean presentation perfectly. Yeah, like the anal I'm cooking. Chef. I'm yeah. <laughs> On Saturday Night Live, remember him? Anyway, but keep going. I'm cooking a meal that's meant to be enjoyed and cherished and savored and consumed. And I'm not, it's not the present. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yes. This challenges me. I mean, I love you. Yes. But I would be like so angry. Like if we were roommates, I would beat you up. Look, look, I'm a, I'm a obsessive about things. So I'm not, I'm not like I'm not intentionally sloppy and dirty, okay. to, to, because I'm, I'm intentionally careless. I'm, there's meaning behind the madness for sure. me with all of that. So, so. You just kind of be you. Okay. So now what, we're getting to that point where you are funny. You are funny. Like you've said stuff literally that has made me almost shart. Right. Well, that would be my greatest joy in life to bring you to that. Am I sharted? Please, a complete abandonment of the ability to control yourself. I mean, like you have said something. This, has, like, this happened. A lady said to me once, she goes, I had to go to the restroom, but I saw you were coming on the stage and I wanted to hear your comedy. She goes, I have to tell you, I peed myself a little. And I said, <laughs> I want to put that on a brochure because here's the thing. There's a difference between ministry and comedy. Yeah. And, and this is the problem is that I do comedy in ministry and so I'm using comedy to get to the place of ministry and it's a great tool it's like a musician doing music to get to the point of I want to share this really intense heartfelt message sure 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 but comedy in and of itself I think is good because comedy is a analysis and an assessment really even a word on what's going on around us and there has to be a willingness to find joy amidst the mess and the difficulty because Taking it so seriously does not remedy the problem. Sure. Um, but sometimes I think comedy has a million different ways it's used. I use comedy based on my life experiences, family, relationships, uh, looking at things weird and oddly, and it seems to resonate with people. Yeah, no, you would definitely look at things in a unique perspective for sure, <laughs> which is kind of the sure. motivation between, uh, before, excuse me, which is now the motivation, I think, for your new venture, which is a reality show called The Happy Place Homestead Show. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. How did it get started? So I think what happened was we had been hearing our whole life, you guys should have a reality show. I mean, we have nine kids. Our life is weird and funny. Linda loves doing a home improvement These stuff. These are your nine kids. These My are nine kids. Biological children. Like, no twins. It's just one every couple of years. So yeah. that zygote came from your sperm and her egg. Let me tell you something right now. It's amazing to <laughs> we know God is real by looking at me and realizing I'm married with children. Your kids are something else. <laughs> so anyway, you have nine kids. So we have all these kids and everybody said you should have a reality show, but we thought I don't want to do a reality show because it seems like that's a messy place for relationships. It don't. Okay. So we finally had this guy come and he he's a friend. 4 days he stayed with us and filmed and for a year he edited by himself this project and what we realized is that the show isn't about the homestead it's really about the way that Linda and I interact and exchange 
uh, and banter back and forth. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it is funny because I, there's a million times in a in a year I think I wish there would have been a camera to catch this because it's so okay, hilarious. So I'm just going to be very honest with you. There are a lot of people who became famous because they have these reality shows, and honestly, those people are incredibly hate. Uh, they're hateable. They just, you just, right. you just, I mean, like from the Honey Boo Boo to like the Kardashians. <laughs> to, right. And I'm not saying that these people should be hated. I'm just saying that. People have very strong opinions. Yeah, and they're just kind of annoying people. They're just very annoying people. So um, tell me about that. Sure. The truth is we said no drama. That was our desire. No drama. We just wanted to be real because real life is funny. And so... The, the first episode, there's a funny little thing that happens, I think, in the mall, or second episode in the mall, where I put on a unicorn hat, and we just start laughing because there's a real-life banter where Linda starts, anyway, making fun of the size of the unicorn horn on the hat. We start laughing because it's just a thing. And honestly, hmm. that was filmed, and it wasn't contrived. It just is a real-life moment. And this is what I think is so awesome is that, see, I'm tired of people equating like holiness with severity. Huh. I want like why would I anybody want what you got if you don't even want what you've got? And I want to say it's amazing to be Catholic. You can be more yourself being Catholic than I think anything else. So why are we so unhappy? And what I want to show and what we wanted to show with the the show is that this is real life. We're having a blast. This is our journey. What do you do? Well, we travel. We do ministry. So, we have TV, fun. I'm on it, and people automatically yeah. think this is the reality. This truly is your reality. Are there times when you're kind of faking it in order to get good TV? No, not not on that show. We did not fake things. We we like set up. Overdo we set up or? for. Well, I have a bit of a persona. If the camera's on, I'm gonna. I'm going to live it up a little bit. Yeah. Like, because honestly, nobody just wants to see me sitting on the couch, you know, playing with Facebook and my wife doing, that. my mean, wife I... doing crosswords. I mean, I mean, <laughs> our normal evening event is probably let's chill out. We'll watch a, a TV show and whatever. So but, that's not exciting. But I think what we do, we do these events and these things, uh, on a constant regular basis like the soup night and the game night that we sure. filmed but we chose because he was coming to put them in the four days so Got it. so, so you we had to create at least a reason for a show to have a purpose because let's admit it yeah. tv just can't be just watching a I can't I can't afford cameras 24/7 around sure. my house and nobody wants that in their life anyways I clearly don't want to see <laughs> any more than I saw the first <laughs> episode let's just say this uh, the the people have spoken and i have i have mended my ways but the thing about the show ultimately was let's bring you into what it looks like to be in our world and it's a joy-filled world and we're laughing and having fun and there's banter back and forth like because we were going to the philippines this was the year before you yeah, and yeah, i yeah. went yep yep I was going to be gone during Thanksgiving, so they surprised. Oh, this is an episode coming up. I probably shouldn't say this, but there's a big surprise that happens. And ultimately, when it came to Thanksgiving, uh, we had to do it a little bit different. This was something we had never done before, but it was so fitting to do that sure. because of my trip. I guess that's kind of the reality of how we approached the the show was. If we could film the funny moments in our life, the real moments in our life. What so, would that look so like? So do you just want to have a show that just makes people laugh? I mean, is there a point to it? Look, I'm not... See, this is the reality. Is it... Does there have to be a, a, a point to it? And this is part of my struggle Question. with with uh, kind of religion. Not religion, but like 
the way that we almost want to utilize religion to have just a utilitarian kind of reality. Like, isn't there something beautiful, good, and true in the reality of life? Huh. Like, do we have to, do we have to make the, the Mary statue a nightlight? Do we have to like, capitalize on it? Or can it just simply be in and of itself? When you pan around the room and you see the Mary statues and the candles and the this and the, that, you know we're Catholic and there's joy. Is that not enough? So I call this show pre-evangelistic. Okay. So, I mean, you're not going to be like, trying to give a theological or spiritual no. message. Now, the second episode was all about me going to confession in the mall. So we talked about it, but I'm not pushing that on anybody. Sure. I'm just showing you this is part of our world. So we're tuning in. So Chris Padgett here of the Happy Place Homestead Show. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience about you, your messiness, your craziness? Yes. And how about this? Just your normal you. This is who you are. Sure. It's turned literally into an international ministry. <laughs> right. Now a TV show, or at least a yep. YouTube show, right? Yep, yep. And what's what's next, and what would you like to offer? So this year, the big push is I'm going to do a straight-up comedy show. Now, some people are connecting it to the first night of a mission. So no religion, no 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 heavy talks, no teaching. Just come out, laugh your, your buns off. Bring people who are on the church that are not coming, like that are on the church register. Have you ever done stand-up comedy? Come. I've never done it in a club, like uh, because partly because I I don't I don't have the time to go and just play at midnight for five minutes. Sure, sure, sure. So, the, but I am going to be doing a little bit of. We'll book some theater stuff. We're going to book some some things with churches, some things that okay. are, you know, at schools. So you're schools. doing comedy now. Well, so the comedy, the 2020, we're going to call it, like, I've been weird my whole life. Okay. So that'll happen true. this year. The second thing is we're filming. Um, a little bit for what would be like a documentary on some of that comedy. Uh, so Travis comes tomorrow. We'll film a lot here. We're going to do some things and we'll put that together. I don't know if that'll come out like as a film or if that'll be like a like a Netflix special kind of vibe or if we'll put it in a series-driven momentum. Okay. So we'll see what that looks like. So you've got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Chris Paget, The Happy Place Homestead Show. It's on YouTube. If you do YouTube, that, where that's else can they find awesome. You? Well, uh, I do a lot on Twitter. So do you, Chris M. Paget on Twitter. Chris M. Paget. Usually, Twitter for me is a place to do quick, funny jokes and sure. just be silly. I think you use it to to repost all the emails uh, or uh, uh, videos from that uh, the Darwin. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, that is so hilarious to me. People are so dumb. People are. Dumb. I, love I love it. it. So, and then uh, you know, Chris Paget, friend on Facebook for the old people. So, last question here, as I yeah, always yeah, yeah. ask all of my guests. How can I, as a Catholic priest, be a good priest for you? Honestly, it's just authenticity. As long as you are you, then we all win. Do you think I'm me? That's a question. Yeah, I do think you are you. But I see, I know the, the other part of you that's not the on-stage you. And I, I love both yous. And I understand the reality of the two yous. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So sure. I think, Give me an example. I would love to hear that. So I think an example of that is just us sitting together at dinner after our talks on the main stage in the Philippines and just ranting about whatever was on our mind about exhaustion and tired. Oh, so you you're talking about, like, I can't do that at a pulpit. I mean, no, no nobody wants to hear, like, I can't believe how <laughs> tough it is being in first class. And you know, I'm so frustrated that I have a room with only two rooms, you know, like. I've never said that. I know you haven't. You haven't. <laughs> and I would never use that voice ever either. <laughs> but, I mean, people don't, I don't think they get how exhausting travel can be. Oh, no. And when you're with someone who does that for a living, so it's words, great to So, in other to, words, to there's the, when I've got to be on and when I'm just totally off and nobody sees, and you've seen me when I'm yeah. off. 
But it is you. It's See, this me. is what is so. The, this is hard for people to get, but mm. it is you when you're on. But the way I like to say it, it's a. Li- I give myself permission to l- like literally be an idiot for I the Lord. It. Like I. I you know, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. My deepest You're discussion awesome. with Chris Paget, the Happy Place Homestead Show reality show. You can find him at Chris M as in Mary Paget, P A D G E T T on Twitter. On Twitter, and you know, I'll put a link up on my yeah, Shoot the Shiitake website. And when I come back, I'm going to give you my carryout order. What did I learn hmm. from this crazy, crazy man? Who tells us that crazy is pretty much? But I tell you, I've normal. learned a lot from you. All you're, right. a, you're a great gift to so many. We we'll love be you. Back in just a moment. And welcome back for my carryout order. After speaking with Chris Paget, it was actually very loud in our conversation in the background because we were, as I mentioned, at a very big youth conference with over twenty thousand people there, just kind of milling around. And, you know, obviously, in full disclosure, Chris and I are are good friends. You've heard it. We've had amazing conversations. And the reason why I wanted to have him on, and, you know, I usually interview people who are different from me. And even though we share the same faith, we are incredibly different. Chris is just outside of the box. Now, I thought I was outside of the box. No, Chris is outside of the box from what he wears, from how his mind works to tell stories, and even his sense of humor. And while some people might be offended, they've got to actually be willing to deal with that messiness and get to the core of the message. Because the fact is, the cross is messy, people, and yet we have kind of puritanicalized it. We've kind of made it so pure that we forget how gruesome, how shocking, how ugly it really was to experience it. So just knowing from his conversion from Protestantism and just even knowing his ongoing personal conversion to Catholicism and even studying to get a degree in Mariology, he's been an impressive evangelist. And I got to be honest with you, he probably evangelizes more people than even a parish priest does. And why? Because a parish priest I'm not taking anything away from him. He has got a major responsibility in keeping and maintaining the structures of the church. He has to provide the sacraments. And yes, there's catechism involved in that. But what Chris is trying to do is hit people at the pre-evangelization level, the kerygma, so to speak, if we want to get technical. He's just trying to meet people where they're at. And then from there, once they make a connection, he can introduce slowly who he is because of Jesus Christ. So this is just one of these things that when you kind of carry out a message like Chris does, for me, my carry out message is we need people in all parts of the church. We really do. We need people sitting on the top of thrones as we need people scrubbing the floors as we need them, and here's a plug for me, in the kitchen and on Chris's level on the stage doing his uh, comedy show, doing his, his TV you know, appearances and such. We just need people everywhere. But in every part of the church's existence, there's always got to be a little bit of messiness. But that shouldn't scare us. In fact, with Chris Paget out there, it can actually inspire us. So I want to thank Chris Paget for joining me and shooting the shiitake. 
I want to thank you all for listening. And if you want to support our efforts, just go to the Plating Grace Academy, join one of the tiered memberships, encourage family and friends to do so. And between now and the next time we shoot the shiitake, stay hungry. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com dot app slash breadbox.